Hey everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Football in the Six podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Bandu, and my co-host with me, Johnny Shermer. We're going to talk about some fantasy football from this week, uh, week seven matchups. Let's head on right into it. So first off, we had the Giants versus the Eagles on Thursday night. It was my New York Giants playing, so um, I was watching the game and I was not very happy with it at all, Uh, you know, just with the loss there by one point. We had Daniel Jones was able to put up uh, 21 points versus the Eagles defense. And uh, he's not really someone I would want to rely on heading on into week eight because of his matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, this defense is ranked 16th against the pass. And I think the Bucs will carry a big lead in this game early on and will force the Giants to be uh, one dimensional throwing the ball down the field. And, uh, you know, the Bucs D line is pretty good. They've uh, blitzed the uh, offenses. 101 times under Todd Bowles, and it's one of the most aggressive blitzing defenses in the, in the NFL. So if I'm streaming to a quarterback to cover any of my quarterbacks on by, I'll definitely avoid uh, picking up Daniel Jones or even starting him. You know, and if you even have him on your team, I'm surprised you might just want to drop him. Uh, you know, Sterling Shepard this game was the Giants' ray of hope uh, to carry on the offense. He was pretty healthy coming back into the game and he was able to, you know, create some separation and it was, uh, you know, him and Darius Slayton as the options for the Giants. He's owned in 29% of leagues on Yahoo. So I know with the Giants offense having a tough matchup against Tampa Bay, um, it's easy to say to bench Shepard as well. However, in PPR leagues, you know, Shepard is someone I would want to consider as as an option uh, to play maybe in my flex role because, you know, uh, just getting a point per reception is pretty good value. And, you know, you know, he's going to milk up those targets and everything. So uh, if you have him, you know, he might be a good option to put in the flex, but if you don't need to play him, then, you know, just keep him on the bench. Uh, Devonte Freeman, he suffered an injury during the game as well. Uh, so if you need to pick up a running back, there's Wayne Gallman available, but I would only want to pick him up if it's really deep in your uh, fantasy leagues, you know, maybe 14 teams. Uh, you know, he's not really a reliable option as the Giants run game isn't even that great overall. And we're kind of, you know, flip it over to the Philly side. Uh, Philly fans are pretty happy with Carson Wentz this game. Uh, Johnny, did you happen to take a look at this game too and see Carson Wentz during the game at all? I did, yeah. Before we go on to Wentz, I think uh, that Daniel Jones' 80-yard run was the best play to describe the Giants' season so far. Oh, yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, catastrophic run and uh you know he was able to hit i think it was like 22 miles per hour or something like yeah, that. yeah he's he a, he's a fast, fast guy so i give him that yeah he was pretty fast but uh you know his classic uh you know new york giants moment him just face planning right there couldn't make it into the end zone uh i was really hoping that would have been good for his uh fantasy numbers but you know moving on to the eagles now and carson wentz yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, Wentz had a great game. Obviously, it's not too hard to put up points against the Giants. I'm sorry for saying that. Yeah, no, that's but, completely uh, fair. You know, if uh, if I'm, uh, you know, looking for any option, I'm going to pick up any players that are going against the New York Giants because they are, <laughs> you know, horrendous defensively. Yeah. So, you know, Carson Yeah, so Wentz, I think uh, he did throw two touchdowns and he rushed for one. So yeah. that, uh, that gave him a lot of points this week. So that was great if you did end up starting him. Yeah. Um, and going up against the Dallas Cowboys in week eight, that's going to be another great matchup for him as well. Yeah. And, uh, also too, like, um, with Zach Ertz injured, uh, I would keep an eye out, you know, for Dallas Goddard coming back in week 10 
And, uh, you know, Richard Rodgers was a pretty good option for the Eagles uh, offensively. You know, Carson Wentz does like throwing to tight ends, and Richard Rodgers, uh, he was with the Washington Redskins earlier this year, and now with the Eagles, he's now the number one tight end for them. So, um, you know, he was able to produce against the Giants. He had eight targets, uh, you know, for six receptions and 85 yards. Um, and going up against the Cowboys, he's definitely an option I would want to sh- stream to pick up uh you know he's only owned in eight percent of leagues on yahoo so that's a pretty good option there for tight ends yeah 100 percent. i think uh zach Ertz looks like he's going to be out for a couple weeks now and with uh, dallas like you said on the ir until most likely week 10 i think rogers is a good option oh yeah for sure and you know the big news this weekend or the last weekend was uh antonio brown is back in the league that's uh that's very exciting uh, but very concerning at the same time. Yeah, exactly. For It's very concerning for people who have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on their uh, fantasy team there. I wonder how, you know, the Tampa Bay offense is going to look with uh, Antonio Brown into the mix now. Yeah, reuniting with Brady, I think that's going to be good for those two. But like you said, I think it might uh, take a hit for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin with targets. Same with Gronkowski. Yeah, and like uh, I was looking at the numbers last year with his connection with Tom. He had like eight targets, four receptions for 56 yards and a TD, um, you know, when he was playing that one game with New England. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the Bucks, uh currently, you know, with their roster and who they have as receivers, you know, Scotty Miller was just an emerging uh, wide receiver out of nowhere. And, you know, when I looked at the comparison between Scotty Miller and AB, I was like, they, they play very similarly, um, you know, but AB is obviously talented in his own, on his own level and everything with the accolades that he's had. And with his personal relationship with Bruce Arians, I think that's a pretty good, um, you know, marriage those two are going to have and, you know, coming together on this offense. Uh, and AB, you know, uh, with his... Uh, characteristics and all uh physical characteristics that he has he's definitely going to separate himself from uh you know scotty miller obviously and maybe take over his role on the team and just produce way more than scotty miller could which scotty miller is a pretty good option to have but now if you have a b it's even better so yeah i'm excited to see him play but unfortunately it is against my new Orleans Saints that he's going to make his debut. So I'm, uh, it's going to be a game I'm looking forward to for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's going to be a good matchup there against uh, the Saints in week eight. All right, let's move on. Uh, we got a good Cleveland at Cincinnati game. That was very back and forth. Uh, both Baker and Joe Burrow did really, really well. Uh, Baker threw for 297 yards, five touchdowns. I believe he put up, close to 40 points or just over 40 points if that um i believe joe put up three touchdowns as well so they both had great days yeah it looked like at the beginning of the game that baker wasn't even going to play that well like he was i think over five and he had a pick at the uh beginning of the game or like uh in the first quarter and then next thing you know um you know he just comes to life and he just lights it up against the the bengals um you know i know the bengals are kind of like you know whatever with their secondary but mm-hmm. um you know it is the nfl like you would think like baker mayfield is just gonna fold over but he kind of has that confidence in him that he's gonna bounce back so yeah 100 uh big news coming out of that game as well odell beckham jr looked like he had a serious leg injury and we just find out today 
that he has torn his ACL and is out for the season. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, if you're a Jarvis Landry fantasy owner, you're kind of, uh, you know, excited about what opportunities he's going to get now thrust into the number one role. Um, and, you know, looking at their uh, roster and who they have coming up, uh, I think they have Rashard Higgins and uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those are two guys that look like, you know, they, they could actually help out on the Browns offense there. Yeah, 100%. I think we just saw that against the Bengals when OBJ left the game. Uh, I think we saw that Jarvis isn't the only guy there anymore. I think uh, Baker's going to try to use his receivers and also his tight ends as much as possible. Yeah, like Harrison Bryant had two TDs, and I'm kind of like, who the heck has Harrison Bryant on their fantasy team right now? Uh, you know, I had picked up uh, Ninjoku thinking, like, you know, he's going to be the one getting uh, all the targets there from – baker but i ended up uh benching him for uh tanyan and you know um mm. uh i think ninjoku had also gotten injured and then that's when harrison bryant uh went into the game uh you know five targets he had four receptions for 56 yards and two tds uh national tight end day so you know that was a good option if you had harrison bryant there and he's definitely an option looking forward into uh week eight there for sure yeah, like you said, I think these are going to be great options uh, until Nick Chubb comes back. It's looking like he may come back after their bye week on week 10. Uh, but until then, especially next week, I think all of those options are, are very good for you on your waiver wire. Yeah, and then the Bengals, you know, with Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, T. Higgins, they all had great games. Uh, and A.J. Green did a lot better than I definitely expected. Uh, so he's definitely proved me wrong. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be – traded before the trade deadline i know that he said that uh john ross was looking to get traded so yep. he's definitely an option to keep an eye out for uh for fantasy owners and um you know giovanni bernard taking over for levy on or not Levy on bell for taking over for joe mixon uh you know i don't know if joe mixon will be out for eight week i know that you know it's a tough matchup they have against tennessee titans um but yeah all right let's move on to uh my saints against the panthers Glad we got the win that week. I think Breeze looked very good, uh, despite not having Thomas or Sanders in the lineup. Yeah, at least one of our uh, teams had, are winning. Um, yeah, exactly. I think you should hop on the bandwagon. I might have to. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Uh, anyways, uh, Marquez Callaway, I really did not know who he was before this game, but he looked uh, very good until he got injured, unfortunately. Um, so I'm hoping we can get Thomas back next week, possibly Sanders. I doubt it, um, but they look good. Yeah, Marquez Callaway kind of surprised me. I think he was uh, like a rookie, and I think he was a free agent signing as well. Uh, you know, he just kind of emerged out of nowhere, and it was kind of surprising. But, I mean, with you know him practicing with uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas, he's definitely going to pick up a thing or two. So, it's kind sure. of a good option, definitely moving forward. If you know the, any of those two miss any more time, um, and you know, uh, I think uh, Jared Cook is uh, still um, you know an option for them as well the, from the tight end spot. So uh, those two are pretty good options if you know Sanders and Michael Thomas continue to miss time. For sure, yeah. I think uh, flipping over to the Panthers side, Teddy looked great. Uh, I'm glad he had a great game against us. I loved him last year. Um, he threw TJ, DJ Moore, sorry, a 74-yard a touchdown, so that hurt a little bit. 
but it's nice to see mm-hmm. DJ putting up the points that we kind of expected him to put up at the beginning of the season. Robbie Anderson looked great as well, but uh, I think finally DJ is starting to come back up to life here. Yeah, definitely. Like I was uh, trying to follow up with the highlights and stuff, and I saw that 74-yard uh, TD there to um, yeah. you know DJ Moore. That was pretty huge, and I think that – that that's something that they could continue to do. And hopefully, uh, you know, that's part of their offense, um, you know, going forward and that they take a lot of more deep shots. Uh, you know, we'll definitely be talking more about, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater uh, coming up in one of our later segments, but we'll move on to Jacksonville and the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. James Robinson had another great day. I actually just traded for him this week. So that really paid off for me putting up 29.7 fantasy points. Um, so I was very happy about that. DJ Chark looked uh, looked another had another disappointing game. Uh, I believe he lost targets to Lavisca Chanel and Chris Conley this week, so that's not great for uh, Chark owners. Yeah, and I believe um, um, DD Westbrook had also torn his ACL. So yeah, he had know, another that, injury. Yeah. With that injury, um, did, would that injury even help? Chark's uh, value at all with him uh, receiving any more targets at all? Or is it more of, uh, you know, um, Chris Conley and LaVisca Chenault's team? Yeah, I doubt that's going to really have any effect on Chark. We also have Keelan Cole as well. He didn't have a very uh, loud game, but yeah, yeah. We have, yeah, they have four very good options there. Yeah, I mean, like, Chark is getting his targets. Like, he was targeted seven times, but, you know, one reception for 26 yards isn't really going to cut it. But um, hopefully they figure something out with him, or, if you know, he might be – do you think he'd be an option that could be traded potentially off of Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, 100%. I don't think we should uh, put anything out there that we don't think that's going to happen. So uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting week. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, you know, Justin Herbert, uh, he keeps continuing to prove himself as a solid fancy option. Uh, he threw for three touchdowns, 347 yards. He was absolutely amazing to watch. You know, he threw a beauty of a ball to um, Jalen Guyton. That, that guy uh, is definitely going to be doing pretty well for himself. And, uh, you know, Justin Herbert sharing the love to the tight ends as well for National Tight End Day. Virgil Green had a score. Uh, Keenan Allen, you know, 10 receptions for 125 yards. He was targeted 13 times. Absolutely ridiculous for Keenan Allen. You know, thank God Phillip Rivers got out of there. And now with Justin (laughs) Herbert and with the Chargers, he's been able to help Keenan Allen produce week in and week out. Hey, if uh, Tyrod Taylor never got punctured at the beginning of the season, I don't know if we would have ever saw Justin Herbert uh, doing as well as he is right now. So, that was a very uh, interesting, interesting story, and uh, yeah. I guess we're kind of glad how it paid off. Yeah, and I'm sure the Chargers are very glad of how it paid off too for themselves. Mm. So moving on to um, some of the busts that we've uh, seen throughout the week. Uh, you know, we we saw Devin Singletary only put up 47 scrimmage yards. Uh, you know, is he an option to hold on to your team moving forward with Zach Moss there as well? It's definitely a tough, uh, tough say right now. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary did split uh, snaps. It looked like this game against the Jets. Um, Singletary hasn't looked great within the past three weeks. So I would, I would keep him on your roster for now, but I definitely keep him with caution. 
All righty. And uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he did not perform well against the Washington uh, football team there. Uh, you know, he only had uh, how many rushes? He had 12 rushes for 45 yards. He was only able to make one reception for six yards. Uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is kind of uh, a dud without Dak Prescott. Yeah, now without Andy Dalton as well, it's it's not looking good for that Cowboys offense, especially for the receivers as well. So if you're an owner with Ezekiel Elliott, are you just going to look to trade him for whatever you could get? Or do you think like with his name, he's able to, you know, give you some value back for uh, for your team? Hey, I think uh, he's still going to put up points for you. That's no question. I think uh, he's definitely going to put up less now without, like you said, Dak and Andy. Mm -hmm. um, so if you do have a trading option, go for it if you think it's going to help out your team. But like you said, he's the number three running back in the league for a reason. So I think it's, uh, it's also safe to keep him on your roster. Okay, and now moving on to Chase Claypool. This is my guy, you know. Um, I was pretty pumped with him putting up big points here and there. And then next thing you know, he has a doubt of a game. I put him in my starting lineup, and he's only able to give me .3 fantasy points. And watching that game against uh, Tennessee, and I saw him uh, coming in with the Jet. He's able to catch the ball, but then he fumbles. Thank God he was able to pick it back up. But, you know, <laughs> minus two yards uh, for the game. I'm just kind of shocked with this. What would you do with Chase Claypool moving forward? Yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I knew uh, Juju was going to have to have a good game sooner than later. I'm not yeah. going to be too concerned about Chase, though. I think he's one hell of a receiver, and he's just going to keep putting up points. Okay, and then now we got Mike Evans. Uh, you know, Mike Evans is kind of surprising me lately. He was the number one receiver in Tampa Bay, and you'd think with Tom Brady coming into the picture that he would be the predominant wide receiver. He was only able to have two receptions for 37 yards, and he was targeted twice. Uh, looks like Chris Godwin is taking over that role now as the number one with nine targets, nine receptions, 88 yards, and a TD, and Scotty Miller as well is just producing, and Mike Evans isn't. What is going on with Mike Evans? Yeah, it's not looking good, especially uh, once AB does get into that lineup. I think we might have to be concerned if you do have a trading option. I'd say you do it. Unfortunately, I just traded for him before I heard about that AB news, so mm -hmm. that hurt me a lot. Mm -hmm. But think, uh, I'd be... Yeah, do you think like he has any sleeper potential like that people could trade for him while he's low and then just you know they put him in and he actually starts producing? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like who knows what's going to happen with Antonio Brown. He's uh, he's definitely a questionable character. Mm -hmm. So you really do not know what's going to happen within the next couple of weeks. So I'd definitely say he does have sleeper potential for sure. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Uh, so I might just trade for him in our league then and see where that, where that takes me. But um, Jerry Judy, uh, D Denver rookie wide receiver, um, you know, is he someone that you would even want to keep on your roster at all? Man, I've been keeping him on my roster for these uh, for the past eight weeks, and I've been disappointed every single week. I, he's been on the bench, luckily, but I always think, especially when Cortland Sutton went out, I think he was. Uh, I thought he was going to get a good amount of targets, some looks this season. It's not really looking that way. It looks like Tim Patrick is also another receiver that they love to target. 
And yeah, it's not looking great for Judy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a very tough game to, you know, start any of Denver's, uh, you know, skill set players just because of them playing in the snow. Like, I don't even, I don't know if Drew Locke is comfortable playing those weather conditions, uh, you know, but I don't know if, um, you know, Judy is really good as an option moving forward. And I kind of thought he would be the number one wide receiver, but Tim Patrick is kind of taking over. So, uh, maybe like for me, I would want to stash Judy, but if I needed to pick up someone else, I would just drop him because uh, he's not producing like Justin Jefferson or Chase Claypool or CD lamb. Like, you know, he's just, um, you know, kind of putting up dud numbers. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of other receivers on that waiver wire that you could potentially get. I know Cole Beasley, he's going off lately. Mm-hmm. I think he's put up double-digit fantasy points in the past six weeks or something like that. So that's always an option for you. But yeah, I'd say uh, Judy might be better on the waiver wire. All righty. So now we'll just segue into our week eight starts and sits uh, for quarterbacks. Number one for me is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, this is your guy, Johnny. So uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going up against Atlanta this Thursday. And I think uh, Bridgewater is going to be putting up some solid numbers. He came off a pretty good game against New Orleans where he scored uh, 20.97 points. He threw for 254 yards and two TDs. And he had two rushes for 10 yards. You know, he's not a mobile runner, but, uh, you know, he's good to slice and dice from the pocket. Uh, so like a deeper look into Bridgewater's, um, you know, average yards per attempt, he averaged 10.5, uh, yards per, per attempt, which is the highest he's thrown for this season. And Atlanta gives up the most net yards per attempt, which is 8.2. So from what I saw with, uh, Teddy going against new Orleans and him taking those deep shots, I'm pretty much expecting to see more against the Atlanta Falcons who give up the most yards per attempt. Uh, you know, they've given up so far 2,334 yards this season and 19 passing TDs, which is the most in the NFL. And uh, the last time Teddy went up against the Atlanta Falcons defense, he was able to put up 22.73 points. So Bridgewater is only owned in 44% of leagues in Yahoo, and he's got this great matchup against Thurs- uh, against the Atlanta Falcons this Thursday. So for me, that's kind of the easiest start I would want to go with for week eight. Yeah, 100%. I think the Falcons, they're just not it this year. Their offense looks okay, but when it comes to their defense, it's not there. Yeah, and then my second option uh, for you know quarterbacks that you want to start in Week 8 is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is going up against the Dallas Cowboys Sunday night football, which I would kind of want to flex that to you know a different time. I uh, wouldn't want to see that for a Sunday night football game, but if it is that, then it is that. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, uh, was able to, you know, put up 27 points against the giants and Kyle Allen, uh, from the Washington football team scored 18 points against the Dallas Cowboys. So where I saw with Kyle Allen's performance and with what Wentz can do, I think Wentz can definitely take advantage of the secondary and the mismatch matches of, uh, you know, his wide receivers and their corners, Trevon Diggs, uh, Stefan Diggs brother has given up 54% of completions so far this year and 389 yards. He's also given up a 52 yard touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin. Uh, so I'm thinking with Carson Wentz and his chemistry with uh, now Travis Fulgham and uh, you know, um, maybe Jalen Rieger might be coming back. I'm not sure, but those two 
guys are pretty good options for him. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be able to produce really well against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely looked uh, inconsistent in the past couple of seasons, but these past couple of weeks, he's looked really good. So I think that's a must start. Yeah. And then uh, if you want to tell us some of the quarterbacks you'd want to sit this week, uh, you know, just not the good matchups that we're looking for. For sure. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with Jared Goff um, against a tough Dolphins defense, surprisingly. Uh, Jared Goff, you know, he's one of those guys that he's either going to have a really good game or he's just going to throw a complete dud. And uh, it's tough because the the Dolphins, you think of a team as like, oh, it's the Dolphins. You can start whoever you want against them. They're going to put up 20 points. But it's not looking like it uh, this year. So I think Jared Goff might be a risky risky start if you want to go that way. But I think he might be better off on the bench. Yeah, it's kind of hard to gauge with Jared Goff. Like there's games where he's putting up ridiculous numbers and then there's games where he's just mediocre. So uh, it's kind of interesting with what we'll see against uh, going the Chicago Bears tonight. Uh, so hopefully with that, it kind of helps us and other owners know what to do with uh, him moving forward against Miami. Um, but yeah, tough matchup for sure. And with Miami being able to prepare for the Rams, it's going to make it very difficult for Jared Goff. For sure. I think uh, my second sit this week is going to be Kirk Cousins from the Minnesota Vikings. They're going up a tough Green Bay Packers team. Uh, I believe this is the second time that they've seen them this year. And uh, yeah, the first time that they met, it wasn't even close. Um, you know, I think Kirk is one of those guys where he's just, he's falling off very, very quickly. He has picked it up within the past couple of weeks, but again, this Packers team is just, is very, very good. And I don't think, uh, Kirk's going to put up too many points against them. Yeah. And I was watching the Packers, uh, against Houston, uh, the past weekend, you know, seeing them get after Sean Watson for three sacks and thinking about Minnesota's O-line and pass protection, I don't think that they're that great at all uh with pass pro but i think dalvin cook is supposed to be coming back this week so i think the game plan is going to be more tailored towards him and getting the ground game going and then with kirk cousins maybe play action here and there but i think they'll be more prepared to stop uh you know um that kind of game plan and just defend the pass and force kirk cousins to throw the ball kirk cousins isn't putting up that much uh good numbers lately his INTs he's thrown like three picks that last game against the Atlanta Falcons defense um against 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 uh Green Bay that week one game he threw one pick but then the next week against Indianapolis it's three and then two like he's on and off and you know he one drive he'll get the offense going he'll move down the field and score but then the next drive it's like a interception happens and then all these uh bad things follow along with it so it's a good option to say for your sit list, uh, Johnny. But now we'll move on to the starts again and looking at the wide receivers. Uh, with Odell Beckham now out for the season with a torn ACL, my two guys that I was kind of looking for to start are Rashard Higgins and Jarvis Landry against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, Rashard Higgins was kind of thrown into the lineup for the Browns, uh, and he kind of came out on his own. It was a good option for Baker Mayfield. Uh, he was targeted six times and he had six receptions for 110 yards. Although he couldn't find the end zone, I think he's a good flex option to have if you're desperate in that position. Um, or if you have someone on bye week, the Raiders are ranked 11th worst uh, against the pass and they've given up 708 yards for yards after the catch. 
Um, and Jarvis Landry is very good with making those uh, yards after the catch plays. Uh, you know, he does punt return. He's done kick return and things like that before in the past. So I'm kind of looking to see, like, maybe if he catches a ball on the screen and, you know, there's blockers ready for him, he's just going to go and uh, he'll be gone and be able to make plays. Um, and then the other guy that we're, we were talking about earlier, Marquez Callaway, um, you know, he is he was, a, you know, an emerging wide receiver for the Saints there. Uh, for when Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are both out. So if they are both out this week, he's one guy that I think you could definitely play and uh, start him against the Bears. If he's a good option for Drew, I think if he's in that position again, he'll thrive in it. Um, and yeah, we will definitely move on now to the wide receivers to sit this week. Yeah, so going back to that Vikings-Packers game, I'm going to have to say sit. Justin Jefferson, I know he's been going off. They're just coming off of a bye week, although. Um, so I believe, I don't know, I think the Packers are going to have him locked down. Same with Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen might be the better option for you on that Vikings offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, Jefferson might be shut down here. So I think it's definitely a sit for this week. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. That's a pretty good idea. And who's your next guy that you got there on that list? I know you love him. I know you talk about him all the week, every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go chase Claypool, though, on those Pittsburgh Steelers. They are going up a very tough Baltimore team. Uh, and I think finally with Juju looking like himself again, uh, the, the Steelers have a lot of receivers that they can go to, but I don't think Chase is going to do too well. I know Baltimore's run defense isn't as great as their uh, past defense, so I think they're definitely going to use James Conner and Benny Snell a lot more this week. Yeah, and I think like even with Deontay Johnson now back for them, it's like Claypool is definitely taking a big backseat in the uh, snap counts and everything. So he's kind of looking like um, you know the number three option now, but um, probably still Ben's guy here and there. But you know the play calling is just a lot different now with um, Deontay Johnson back. Like I didn't notice. I, I've noticed that uh, with uh, Claypool, there wasn't place specifically designed for him when he was on the field and things like that. It kind of tailored towards the other guys. So it looks like they're getting them more involved. Um, but yeah, definitely a good idea to sit Claypool this week. Uh, so the running backs, I was saying to start for week eight, uh, Miles Sanders, we're riding heavy on these Eagles here for against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, if Miles Sanders is out for the uh, game against Dallas, I'd want to start Boston Scott. As my RB2, he continues to produce in the passing game as well. And he was able to put up 18.20 points against the Giants. And after watching Antonio Gibson put up 18.80 points against uh, Dallas, I think it's easy to say for Boston Scott to be in your starting lineup. Yeah, I think you're right on to that. I think if Sanders is out, Scott's a great option. He did very well against the Giants. Like I said earlier, it's not that hard to do. But I think uh, I think Wentz is definitely going to be looking for him for sure. And in that passing game, I think Dallas really struggles with that. So I think Boston Scott's a great option. Yeah, and then the next guy I'm uh, thinking about starting is uh, DeAndre Swift from the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know, this is a big surprise because, uh, you know, the Lions are kind of, uh, you know, not the greatest team out there. But, you know, they have some guys that you could rely on as an option. I think DeAndre Swift is one of them. Uh, you know, going against the Colts defense, I know it's a tough matchup against the Colts. They're one of the best defenses in the league right now and everything. But 
I think with Philip Rivers and how he's playing with the interceptions, the turnovers here and there, um, you know, it just gives the Lions more opportunities. And, you know, with um, DeAndre Swift in the lineup and he's able to uh, catch out of the backfield and everything, I think he's kind of a, a better option to have than some of the other guys that have matchups this week. Um, he's just one of those underrated guys that I want you to put into your lineup to play. Uh, he might be able to put get a touchdown or here and there or something if the Colts have a big lead. So he's definitely someone I would look to to start. Yeah, moving on to uh, my running backs to sit for this week. First off, I'm going to start on the Chicago Bears, David Montgomery. He's, uh, again, he's a very inconsistent running back, I think, mm -hmm. with Tariq Cohen out. I think it has up to stats a little bit this season. But uh, going up against the Saints defense, they're not great. I'm, I'll give them that. They're not great. But I think, uh, I think they're going to be able to shut down David Montgomery uh, this week. Yeah, yeah. Like um, the Bears' run game is kind of very inconsistent. Uh, as you were saying, and I think the Saints are pretty good with their um, core players that they have, like Cam Jordan, um, you know, um, Damario Davis, I believe is his name, that the linebacker there. Yep. Um, yeah, they're they're very good players and everything, and Malcolm Jenkins is good too uh, as a safety. So I'm pretty sure in the run game they'll be definitely able to stop them. But who's your next option that you have to sit this week? Um, next option is going to have to go with Carlos Hyde, and that is if Chris Carson is going to be out. I believe he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks when he did sustain a foot injury last night against the Arizona Cardinals. It's not looking like it's going to be a significant injury, but it most likely will keep him out this week. Um, and again, they're going up against one of the best teams uh, in the league for defense, which is the 49ers. So I think if, uh, if Carlos Hyde does end up starting, I think it's going to have to be a sit based on the fact that they are going up against the best defense in the league. All right. Well, that's, that's some pretty good info there. And for me, for the tight ends that you would want to start, this is a big one. It's Jimmy Graham of the Chicago bears going against his former team, the new Orleans saints. This is a big game for Jimmy Graham as you know, he's been able to make himself, make himself a very reliable uh, fancy option for tight ends. Uh, he's been able to continue to produce and, um, you know, he's kind of found himself uh, some chemistry there with Nick Foles. He's put up uh, four touchdowns this year in the last game against the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, it was kind of okay. He had 8.4 points, but against, you know, the former team, the New Orleans Saints, I'm kind of looking for him to put up big numbers like he did against the Atlanta Falcons. He was able to you know, put up 23.50 points. He was targeted 10 times. He had six receptions for 60 yards and two TDs. I'm um, kind of looking for something like that for Jimmy Graham. I know you're not excited for it if that happens, but, you know, Jimmy Graham is kind of a very good option. He's owned in 63% of uh, uh, leagues on Yahoo. Uh, and, you know, the number's trending up for him to be picked up. Uh, so I would kind of keep him as an option. Um, you know, yeah, Noah Fant is my second option for, uh, you know, tight ends that you want to pick up this week or Albert Okuo Boonham. Close enough. We'll call him Albert O. Uh, you know, he's uh, – they're both kind of the, you know, tight ends for Denver right now. 
Uh, you know, Albert was kind of a reliable option. He was targeted seven times and he had 60 yards against Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Noah Fant is kind of wanting to have, I was hoping for him to have that breakout game like he did week one. Uh, you know, it's kind of regressed ever since uh, week two against Pittsburgh. But, you know, I'm hoping for him to have a bounce back game and against the Los Angeles Chargers in Denver. Um, hopefully it's something that, you know, he's able to, produce and you know drew lock is able to find himself playing well again uh you know it's tough after you know playing a game in the snow hopefully the weather conditions are different this time around for uh no offense but he is definitely someone that i'm waiting to see break out so he's someone that you could keep in mind to start this week um as they go against los angeles chargers Okay, so moving on to sits for the tight ends for me, at least. Uh, I know Rob Gronkowski, he's been looking great the past couple of weeks, but I think it's time to sit him here. Um, I know, like like we said a bunch of times earlier, AB's coming to the lineup. This is going to mean targets are going to be more spread out for these three receivers plus Gronk. So I think uh, this upcoming week he might be okay, but uh, after that he might not be. So I'd say uh, – just sit him for now, see how it goes uh, once AB gets there in week nine. But um, yeah, I'd say I'd say sit him for this week for sure. Yeah, just because of the targets going around for everybody, it's kind of tough to say who you would actually need to um, start. But uh, with Rob uh, Gronkowski, you know, he's now made himself look like a pretty big target for. Um, you know, the defense to pay attention to. So I think with that attention being on him, teams are going to really focus on him more since he's um, Brady's like number one reliable target. Uh, so then that just means the ball is going to spread out to everybody else. Uh, so who's your other option that you have there to sit this week? My other option is going to have to be on your Giants. Uh, Evan Ingram, he has not looked like himself whatsoever this year. I thought he was going to, you know, kind of turn it around, especially on Saquon. Uh, left the season very early with that injury. I thought he was going to get a lot more targets than he has. He has not looked good. So I'm going to have to say uh, sit him against the Philadelphia Eagles for this week. Yeah, Evan Ingram has not been, uh, you know, Sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Evan Ingram has not been himself uh, at all really this year. Um, you know, against the Eagles, I saw that he was like running a route, the ball deflected off his hands and, uh, Jalen Mills was able to pick it off like you know it's things like that that's kind of like what the heck are you doing Evan Ingram like this is not you and what you do and what you're supposed to be doing um, you know he's definitely not have been like the option that I was looking for when uh, Saquon has gone down so I'm thinking yeah he's definitely a set option uh, so that's a good idea Johnny uh, so yeah that, I guess that wraps up our podcast for today that's episode one of the fantasy football in the six podcast thank you everybody and take care